Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks again for listening to the Car Tech Garage. Uh, we are so very appreciative of all of you guys. And um, we're here to spew a little bit more automotive content for you. So uh, here goes. To drive <laughs> or not to drive, the cars we love and the cars we don't, this week, we're doing head-to-head, bumper-to-bumper, the Ford Expedition versus the Chevy Suburban 2 uh, full-size so SUVs. I think if this were boxing, we'd consider this a heavyweight match. Indeed, that's, that's what I would it compare would it to. Be. Indeed, it would be. <laughs> and uh, down goes Frazier. <laughs> Frazier's the Ford Expedition. <laughs> okay, so we're giving nicknames. All right, I like it. I um, like it. Anyway, so these are two... Great cars, right? And, and frankly, they're kind of in a class of their own because the Chevy Suburban and Ford Expedition are about the biggest things that you'll see on the road, um, excluding diesels, you know, one-ton pickups and SUVs and things like that. You know, really big, big vehicles. But these are um, something you don't need a special license for. They can still come with standardized gasoline engines. You can still fit them in a garage. But it's about at the limit of what you would want to reasonably drive around every day. But the thing is, the only other thing that's going to hold this many people is a minivan, and these don't get stuck in the snow, the mud, or when trying to burrow through a house. That's what I laugh when I think of like. So when I think of an expedition or suburban, mm-hmm. like that's the first thing I see at a soccer practice, a football <laughs> practice. You know, a family with multiple kids where you're yep. hauling gear. You might have a boat on the weekend that you take to your lake house. Like yep. it is a massive you're taking the hockey sticks and the lacrosse that you know but all that stuff out of the back. They only make sense. If you're doing all that. Exactly. If but not, they are a go anywhere, do anything, bring everyone along vehicle. Yes, that's a perfect way to put it. And that being said, they stack up pretty comparably. Now, they're both good vehicles. And frankly, mm. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Both of them, I think, are going to be listed more or less on the to drive category just because what else are you going to find that can do what they do? Not much. Yeah. And that's obviously keeping in mind, it is a large SUV. So typically cost of things Mm -hmm. are going to be more, but we'll take that out of the equation, you know, just for this scenario. For the time being, because we're going to circle back around to that because with bigger vehicles, more moving parts does Mm -hmm. come a higher cost of maintenance. But let's go ahead and start talking about the Ford Expedition first. So the Ford Expedition, or sorry, uh, yeah, Expedition, not Excursion. I always get those two flip-flop. The Excursion is the larger one that's available with the diesel engine. Um, that's a beast in its own oh, right. As those are one of my favorites. They are nice. But the Expedition uh, started out in 1996. Mm-hmm. So it's been around for a little while now, probably longer than some of you guys even listening at this point. Um, <laughs> now, traditionally, the Expedition in almost every single one, um, it was available with a 4.6, but most of them came with a 5.4 Triton. The 5.4 Triton is a great engine. I know there's a lot of people that like to rag on it, but the proof is in the pudding. There are so many vehicles that are still on the road that have this 5.4 liter Triton engine. Yeah, some of them get spark plugs that break, and then you have to heli coil and, yeah. and drill and tap the head. <laughs> but the the odd part is it'll you know basically blow compression out of that spark plug, but it'll drive into the shop just fine. Mm-hmm. And you know it, it's a quick four hundred dollar repair, and you're back on your way. The rest of the car around it yes <laughs> is usually the problem unfortunately with a ford they have a very very bad issue with rust mm-hmm. and pretty high failure rate of a lot of components the good part is that a lot of the components for the ford via motorcraft are less expensive than a lot of the chevy parts correct so i've had somebody one of our best technicians say it to me like this between ford oh, yes. and chevy i know exactly what you're about to say <laughs> and he said with a ford you know, parts are cheap and you have to work on it a lot. 
And with Chevy, parts are expensive, but you don't have to work on it as often. So you kind of have to pick your poison. <laughs> that was when I got my truck. That was the first thing mm-hmm. he said. I said, Sean, why did you pick a Ford over a GM? Because he's not, you know, one way or another. He's not one of those guys that is only drives Fords or only Chevys. Mm-hmm. Well, I just asked him, I said, why did you get that? They're about the same year. And that was what he told me. And I said, huh, okay, that's, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. That's that, that makes sense. But he's right. You know, you do have a little bit more work that you're going to have to put into the expedition. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they did come out with the EcoBoost in 2014. Uh, that was in the third generation. Now, I'll also say this. The first and second generation expeditions were pretty solid trucks. The first one had bad rust issues. The second generation is really my best pick. The mm-hmm. brand new ones are super nice, but I don't know how they're going to age as well. Yeah. Um, but with that EcoBoost, I can't imagine it's going to be good. No. They're so failure prone. It, it's unbelievable that they're still selling them and, and I've seen them like they do. I've seen them. There was one I remember very well, and it was somebody, that's what they bought it for. They got the EcoBoost. Mm -hmm. They didn't want the bigger V8, so they got the EcoBoost engine, and they used it because they had a family of five or six. I mean, pretty decent-sized family, exactly why you would want one of these. I guess they towed a camper. Now, when you've got five to six people in your family, that's usually a big camper. I've never seen the camper. Mm -hmm. But I think it was before it even hit 70,000 miles, it already needed timing chains because there was so much stress put on it yep. from towing the camper all the time. It, it really is. And, and those engines just don't hold up as well as Ford would have liked. And, and ironically, she said it tows it great. Oh, like yeah. it's fantastic. But what's it there? When you're paying, you know, three, four grand for timing chains in the thing. It's, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing you have to keep in mind when you're towing. They're always under boost pressure. Mm-hmm. It's never off boost when you're towing. I mean, obviously, unless you're coasting or, or stopping. Um, I will say the ones to avoid, 2007 through 2012. Yeah. They fall apart. <laughs> the running boards break on. The secondary air injection system fails. The front differentials leak. Uh, the four-wheel drive system goes out because of the electronic actuators. Um uh, with the 5.4 liters, you still have up until 2012, the breaking of the spark plugs. Um, what else? Intake manifold runners go bad on them. Power steering pumps leak like crazy. Uh, anything else I need to, Oh, heater hoses. Those go bad, but those go bad on the suburban yeah. even more often. I've got <laughs> one, one notable in those years though. I think yep. it's 2007, 2008. And I knew you'll, as soon as I say it, it'll be a picture in your mind. The Funk Master Flex Edition. Oh, man. <laughs> a really cool truck, actually. It was. <laughs> but so expensive to maintain. I mean, it was just one thing after another, wheel bearings. And then that's even before the maintenance. You know, you've got 20-inch wheels on something. I mean, tires are going to cost you 1500 bucks. And it's in a black and orange tone. Like um, a red-orange, yeah. Yeah, and I think the if I remember correctly, he was uh, like one of the first hip-hop radio DJs. Uh-huh. So that's why they kind of made that addition. Yep. So I've always wondered that because I know And it comes with done, like a special sound system and all sorts of stuff. They've now, done they, Harley, which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's Harley, but the Funkmaster Flex, that was always one but of those. I, I think uh, there was only like 200 and some made. Something it was like very, that. very limited production. And um, the, the guy, our customer that had one, he said he's only ever seen one other one on the road. And when it happened, they both slammed on their brakes, turned around, and met at a gas station in the middle of nowhere to talk <laughs> really, about them. They really did. They said they both about. were like, <gasps> they saw each other's eyes, and they came to a screeching halt and like, came back to each other to meet. Way cooler than a Jeep funny. wave. Way cooler Way than, cooler a, than Jeep a Jeep wave. wave. <laughs> um, but again, I mean, the Ford Expedition is not a bad vehicle. If you need to take your entire family and tow a boat and you know whatever you need to do, go off-road in it, it, it truly does a great job. But it does come with a pretty high cost of maintenance. Now, with the Chevrolet Suburban, 
Now, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I am a bit more of a fan of the Chevrolet Suburban, but that I'll is agree. because of its inherent simplicity. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got that tried and true 5.3 or 6 liter that has been running forever. Now, particularly, I'm going to actually talk about the ninth gen um, Suburban and up. Not many people know this, but the Suburbans that, you know, you guys grew up with were probably seventh, eighth, and ninth gens. Mm-hmm. Not many people know that, that the Suburban, the Chevrolet Suburban is the longest running single nameplate in automotive history. Is it They've really? They've been using the name Chevrolet Suburban for their um, utility vehicles since 1935. I did not know that it's been around that long. Yeah, huh. that long. That That's how that's how long the Suburban's been around. Um, now, the ninth gen is 2000 uh, through 2006. Really solid trucks. Few rust issues. Um, now, common problems with them, rear main seals, yeah. oil pans, very, very expensive repairs on that front. But the rest of the truck seems to hold up pretty good. The heater hoses always leak. Yep. Um, after like six or seven years, it seems, they have these little plastic Y fittings on them that, that just don't hold up very well. Um, but those are really the biggest issues with them until you get to the vehicles that have the displacement on demand. And then you start to have other issues, which, again, can be very, very expensive. Um, but That's where it doesn't when- keep the vehicle from running. When I look at the Suburban, so what kind of makes it a lot different with the GM versus the Ford, um, with the Expedition, you know, you can get the nicer packages and it has all the tidbits, but like the the general drivetrain, everything's the same. Mm-hmm. Where GM, where you said simplicity, and, and that is how it is for the most part, GM also had variations of it. So you could get like the Denali version with the mm-hmm. 6.2 liter. Yep. Um, well, in the get, later ones, I think that was like, what, 2010 and up? No, they had, I mean, Denali's were around. Oh, no, no Denali's, but I mean the, the 6.2 liters. And I think in 2000 and Well, they did six, six liters before then too. Yeah, so, yeah. But regardless, yeah, so they had two thousand iterations. 2005 and 2006, they had a six liter available. Before that, I think it was just the 5.3 and they had a 5.7. Um, I don't think the 4.8 ever came in the Suburban. Though. Those were always uh, relegated no, to the, the smaller trucks. They didn't. And yeah. then they also had in the earlier generations, I forget exactly, but they had like basically 2,500s where mm-hmm. the Expedition, you just jumped up to the Excursion. Exactly. But with some of these, they have the electronic suspension. So mm-hmm. those are the ones I always watch out because those yeah. always blow out. And yeah, it's the a, magnetic ride suspensions yeah, are very expensive. And it's like two, three grand to put front it's struts almost in like, the thing. It's almost like the REAS suspension systems from yes. the, the Forerunners, that fully hydraulic suspension system where if it had one compromise in the entire system, you had to replace all of it. Yeah. That's kind of how these magnetic ride suspensions are because once they go bad, it just rides know, the, the entire system works as one cohesive unit. And if one part is faulty, then it throws everything out of whack and you'll have all sorts of suspension lights come on. It'll ride like dirt. Um, Whereas my opinion is always to go with just the simple tried and true standard non-electronic shock absorber setup. Now, it may ride a little bit rougher over bumps, but when you go to replace it, you put a set of $400 shocks on it and it's good as new. And that's where even with that being said, like if you stay away from the Denali's, the LT, LTZs with all the extra fancy, you know, mm-hmm. entertainment systems, this and exactly. that, like there's a lot less failure prone because where you said simplicity and their mm-hmm. base models, yep. they do that best. You know, it's no extreme bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. You get some of the nice tidbits that you should get in a car like that. And they're just very simple. Of course, cost is more because it's bigger, but yep. they just are tried and true. I mean, I, I love the the Suburbans. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty comfortable as well. And, and, you know, the interior definitely leaves something uh, to the imagination on them, yeah. uh, except for the newer ones. But I've got an 08 GMC Sierra, so it's a very similar setup to yeah. um, the Suburbans. Mm-hmm. My center console and everything is almost identical what you would get in a Suburban. 
Um, and I just, I truthfully am just one of those. I love the simplicity. Like, don't get me yep. wrong. I wish I had a eighty, ninety thousand dollar brand new truck. Same time, it's nice to just be it's able not to hop that in. Much different. Yeah, it's well, not even that. There's just not so many shiny things to look at. I can focus on, <laughs> on driving. The road, yeah, you know, hit the auto control and the AC. I'm good. There's cruise control and my radio works. So well, I'm, I'm pretty that's much. That's the simple. other funny thing I don't get because your truck is so similar still, and yours is what year again? 2008. An eight, mm-hmm. and it's still so similar, even to ones that are you know 15, 16 that are going for 40 and 50 thousand yeah. dollars, and it's like. Is there enough difference in those vehicles to really justify that cost? I think not. That's what I could have bought. I mean, the a newer truck, I mean, at the time when I was buying it, a newer truck, but it would have had 200, 300,000 miles on it yep, for, for the, the same, same price. price. And I was like, well, I just keep an older one. It has less bells and whistles. Yeah. The only thing I did find out the other day, um, blend door actuators going bad. They do, yeah. And it's the well, one at the, the back the, of the dash. Well, the good news is <laughs> most of those blend door actuators are actually pretty easy, pretty easy to get to. This is the recirc. Oh, uh, the recirc. So but the whole dash doesn't have to come out. You just have to no. take out the center console and go around through the driver's wheel, like right? It's like a four-hour job. Yeah. It, but <laughs> it's not the recirculation door on an expedition that's true. where the whole dashboard has to come out. Yep. Uh, well, I think that's, that's again, that's on the 2007 and up models. The older ones are a little bit easier to get to, but and those still have the, the older ones still have the cable-driven actuators, which were fantastic. And once again, where we were talking about costs and everything associated with these vehicles, the Suburban and the Expedition, Mm -hmm. they start to fall into a different breed because it's it's a big boy toy. There's a lot (laughs) of extra additives, if you will, to the scenario because you've got heat seed heaters, you've got Mm -hmm. infotainment because this is a car that you're going to take on a long road trip with your family. So they they come with a lot of creature comforts typically. Yeah. But my, my big qualm about these cars is the cost of maintenance. Now, I always oh, say you got to yeah. pay to play. If you want a vehicle that does all of this and you don't want to pay a lot for it, you're going to have to be relegated to a minivan. Yep. And you're just going to have to deal with it. But if you want the four-wheel drive, the V8 power, the third-row seating, the additional trunk space, <laughs> if you want all the, those creature comforts and, and all that capability, you've got to pay for it. The tires are bigger. The brakes are bigger. It's got more moving parts, more fluids to change it's inherently more expensive because there's more there to take care of. It's just like having a big house versus a small house. There's more yard to mow. There's a bigger roof to put on, more windows to put in, more space to heat, yep. more faucets to run water to. It's it's the same exact concept. And it's a case where like these are, and why I think both of us would rate these, I mean, so much to drive mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, if you make those investments, you, mm-hmm. you put the money into it, of course, it's going to cost you more than, you know, a smaller vehicle. Um, but it's worth doing so. It's it's worth what you get out of it. I and totally if you maintain agree. these perfectly, I mean, almost to a flawless event. They will treat you well. They keep going. Yeah. And they very, very rarely fail. I mean, really, the only thing on one of these cars that's going to leave you stranded is a bad transmission. Yep. Not much else goes wrong on them. And usually they don't fail till 150, 200,000 miles as long as you've serviced the fluid. And they're also the, I mean, what I would say, I mean, the Tahoes, um, the Silverados and the Suburbans, I mean, they're kind of all similar platforms. Yeah that I would say personally has been one of the vehicles I've seen the most engines, new engines, mm-hmm. reman put in and the yep. most transmissions. I totally agree because they're worth it. Like, you know, even, I mean. even when somebody does <laughs> overheat the engine because the, the heater, uh, you know, pipes were leaking and you didn't find out they, they make stuff for this and it's worth putting it in. As long as the car's not rotted out and rusted out, think of the comparative cost that you would have to spend. If you were to go buy something else that could take eight people somewhere, yeah. you're going to go spend $70,000 on a new truck, or you can spend $7,000 to put a brand new engine and transmission in it. And yeah, you still have to deal with all the, the stuff from 2005, yeah. but what's wrong with that? 
Yeah, no. It's you just all replace it, fine. and then it's brand new again. <laughs> exactly. That's that's kind of one of the reasons I love my Pilot so much, because it's kind of like a smaller version of one of these cars. It still has somewhat high maintenance cost, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously less than one of these, but where else can I find a car that's going to, you know, deliver this type of performance, this type of space and comfort? You know, I'd have to go spend a lot of money. I would. And the, uh, I'll try to find it real quick. And also real quick, just a, a heads up for those of you who don't know, the Ford Expedition is also the same thing as the Lincoln Navigator. So oh, the yeah. Lincoln Navigator can go into this pod as well, except the Navigator is even more problem prone because, you know, it is less common. They did make a few design changes and they're really not as reliable as the Ford model in terms of all the creature comforts. Um, and then the Suburban, you have the Yukon XL on the newer ones, the GMC version. So that's another thing to kind of keep in mind too. And also one other notable thing on the Suburban, if you can't tell, we're, we're kind of a little bit more biased towards the Suburban <laughs> is for those of you who know Hennessy, um, mm-hmm. you know, they do the high end, you know, crazy sports cars. They've yes, got they the do. Venom GT, all kinds of other stuff. I mean, they, they have spread out. So, and this is one thing that I've always wanted to Suburban in this package. You can actually send it to them and they will install a factory warrantied thousand horsepower drivetrain in the thing i mean you, you can have your fun and you can take the kids to soccer practice i mean <laughs> well, you, you can't beat that you can't beat it well and you're right i mean hennessy does a lot of that stuff um you, you know you can ship your yukon or your suburban there and they'll do whatever you want to it i mean and, twin turbo kits and all sorts of cool stuff hey, well, that's the the best part about these vehicles even if you are a little bit of a gearhead you know this is a very utilitarian vehicle there's no doubt there wasn't much thought of fun when this vehicle was concepted, no. except for maybe the fun you can have with wherever you take it. But the fact that it has a V8 in it, some you know, basically the same drivetrain that comes in the Corvette or the Camaro, it's still capable of a lot of power. And I've seen some of these things, you know, even though they weigh six, seven, eight thousand pounds, hustle. <laughs> oh yeah, there's no question at all. I know there's another company too, and this is once again. There was one point in time, I don't remember when exactly, but I just kind of fell in this dark hole of like Suburbans. I was like, what can you do to them? What's kind of stuff? So that's where I found Hennessy. And then there's even another company, I think it's called like Diesel Burb or something along those lines mm-hmm. that installs Duramax engines in them. So you can take your family, you can take your boat, your big camper, and basically get a factory GM Suburban with a diesel in it if you wanted to. Because you, can, you used to be able to get the 2500, so it could hold them. That was one of the coolest things. I'm like, man, so I could make this a thousand horsepower or I can put a diesel in it. Like I want one of well, these. Well, there's no. so much space too. I mean, I've even seen, you know, where people will take a, a Suburban and since they want something that's, you know, got a cab on it, they'll, they'll make it a work truck, a camper, you know, there's so much room for activities. That's a very good way to put it. <laughs> anyway, so I think both of these are definitely going to be categorized in the to drive section. Um, but Suburban versus Expedition, I'm going to have to go with the Suburban. I mean, I'm going to give them both a win, truthfully. I mean, if I'm, I'm looking at the two, you really can't go wrong. Whether you're a Ford guy, a GM guy, can't beat it. Um, we won't even talk about Dodge and throw that in the equation. We didn't even compare well, that well, they, one. They don't even really have anything that's going to no. compare, not in the size and category. So that's why I give it both. I mean, if you're looking for something, as you said, eight people, you can tow the boat, you can go to soccer practice, you can go on vacations, I really think both mm-hmm. these vehicles are very nice. They as will long do exactly as they've been maintained. That, that's the new. big thing. If you're going <laughs> to buy a used one, 
I wouldn't even split it up as to whether you need a Suburban or an Expedition. I would actually care much more about how well that particular vehicle was maintained throughout its life if you're going to buy one used. And I know much more about, I mean, Chevys from working on a lot more of them than Ford. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's where there, I'm There are I'm a lot slightly... more Suburbans on the road than Expeditions. Yeah. Let, let's also be fair about that. You're going to see many more Suburbans oh, on the road than an Expedition because they sold many more of them. So, parts may be a little more readily available. More people will commonly know how to work on them. So, again, that's kind of why I'm ebbing towards the Suburban. Okay. Um, and and also one of the reasons it's so popular is just because of, of it it has a long standing manufacturing um, uh, you know I guess cycle and it's been manufactured forever and and they haven't changed it well, a whole lot from generation to generation. I think you can do a burnout in one too, so I know that that puts it on your list. Yep. So there we go. <laughs> there we go. It's to drive. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening mm-hmm. to the Car Tech Garage. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Um, hit us up on social media with any guy, any um, you know input you guys may have. Yeah, if you guys absolutely. want us to talk about something in particular, so we we plan on bringing on a lot more this year. And obviously, you know, we we started our Patreon, so we're still you know going through those routes, figuring everything out. So we appreciate you know those who've thus far have supported us. Thank you. Um, you know, it, it's a huge help for us. You know, help bringing more content, more things that we've got going on. Um, so it's just awesome. I'm, I'm always excited to do the podcast. So thank you guys. Yep. We'll talk to you again next time. See ya.